Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Thank you and welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Jerry Ors, and today I just want to first start off the show by dedicating it to the survivors as well as the victims of 9-11. As today is September 11th, it's the 17th anniversary of the very sad day where many people innocently lost their lives. And for that reason, the first film we're going to be talking about is about one of the lesser known parts of the sad day. That is the many rescue dogs who helped when the city was was in deep, deep distress to get survivors out and to help comfort people. So we're going to be talking to Dariana about the film Pick of the Litter. How are you doing, Dariana? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you. So can you tell us about Pick of the Litter, please? Um, Pick of the Litter is about a journey for a guide dog for the blind, what they go through, like their training, and they go through many owners, and not all of them get to be guide dogs for the blind. Maybe they be, they'll, they're guide dogs for someone who's diabetic and they need to know about their blood pressure, someone with PTSD, and they could be an emotional support dog. But it really digs into a topic that isn't well-known out there. It really isn't, and these dogs are just so amazing in what they do and how much they help people. And it's so incredible, not only the dogs themselves, but the people who train them and how intricate the training process is. So can you just kind of talk about how they show this and how they show the training process? So they start at the beginning with the pee litter, which is the five dogs, which who the pee litter is because that's the initial they get because all five of them are named after the letter P. So they're Patriot, Potomac, Phil, Primrose, and Poppet, two girls and three guys. And they really, they start out from the beginning and they follow this litter through their journey because not all five of them get to be guide dogs for the blind. So you get to really see the different variations of what can happen, what would happen if someone didn't become a guide dog, what would happen if someone got a different career, if someone became uh, a breeder for future guide dogs, or if they became an emotional support dog too. Now, I'm sure this is very intense for the dogs themselves. Uh, what Did you learn anything new about kind of the training process or what the dogs go through to become the assistant dogs that we know today? Uh, I definitely learned a bunch of new things. Uh, it's not just, it takes two years for the dogs to be trained. So from the moment they're born to two years when they're at like the final ceremony where they get to meet their owners. Um, you get to see their whole journey. And one thing that I learned is that they, um, you can be a person who trains the guide dogs. You can, it's like fostering a dog, but you have to like teach them and you have to walk them and it's a big responsibility. And I learned that too. Uh, I'm sure, but it must also be a fun job to be able to play with a puppy and to run around with them. I'm sure that's also a great experience. And what, something I'm curious about is how do they decide what puppies become guide dogs? Like you said, they start from birth. How could how did they filter to get those uh, first five puppies? Well, most of them are from are like Labradors, like that breed that is accustomed to being a guide dog for the blind. But most of them, they uh, 
they have if you're a guide dog and you don't make it to become a guide dog and you're a female dog and you have a nice body like you're healthy and you have you have uh you're healthy you can become a breeder and you breed the next litter of puppies to become guide dogs so they kind of like stay in the family i guess you could say well, that's good that they give all the dogs a use, no matter if they weren't exactly the best at helping with the blind or being a comfort dog. It's nice that they gave every single dog a purpose in the in the program. And another question I had is, what was kind of your favorite factors? What was your favorite piece of information that you learned from the documentary? I definitely liked how how people were training the dogs, like just random people, and you could see a first timer. One uh, student was in high school and he got a dog to train and he got to take it to school to train it. And he it was so great to see that someone, a child, was teaching a guide dog. And I just thought that it was so cool to see that happen, like with first timers and people who have been doing it like it's their 14th time with a dog. And they get like sometimes they get a dog who wasn't as well behaved and they just come out on top and they end up becoming a guide dog and I just thought it was so cool to see the different people. I agree that is really amazing I'm glad they showed it from many different angles and many different perspectives. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network and right now we're talking about the documentary Pick of the Litter which is all about the process that dogs go through to become service dogs such as for the blind or to comfort people or many many different uses that made them incredibly helpful to many people in need. Now, my next question is, it sounds like they show a long story from a lot of different angles. Would you say it ever gets confusing or do you feel the story ever gets stretched out? Because it is still a documentary where it's completely nonfiction. They're showing reality and only reality. Well, they do really good because at times you don't know which dog is which, but they do a really great job of saying, this is Phil, this is Primrose, this is Potomac. You definitely know which one is which. And at times you get confused because sometimes they go quickly back and forth to reference and maybe they want to make a joke and they go back to a picture of the other dog, but you still kind of don't know which one they are. So at times it's a little confusing, but most of the time they do a really great job of mentioning which dog it is and which owner it is and like whether they're first timers or whether it's their 14th time doing it. That's very good to hear. And another question I had is, would you say that you kind of become attached to the dogs because you are following their story from birth all the way to two years old? And if so, do you have a favorite dog out of the five? Um, well, you definitely fall in love with all five, but my favorite out of the five would have to be Patriot because Patriot had one of the toughest journeys of the five. He went through three owners, three like trainers at first, and not many dogs go through that. Usually they go through through one or two maybe but he had a really difficult journey because his trainers were first timers the first time so he didn't get as well behaved so he had to go a longer way because uh he had to be trained more efficiently because he was getting older and it isn't as easy to learn well i like that I know it's completely realistic and it's just what happens in reality, but it's kind of interesting to see what happens when something's not as successful. It's not a straight track. So I'm glad they're able to show that in documentary as well. 
Now, a big worry for some documentaries is they can be a little stretched out at times and it can be a little repetitive. Did you feel that was ever the case with this one or did it keep your attention the whole time? It kept my attention the whole time because the dogs were just so adorable and the stories that they told were just so sweet and so amazing and it's just such a feel-good movie and sometimes when a dog wouldn't make it to become a guide dog of course the trainers like all the trainers in general were really were sad and it made you sad a little bit like you felt for them and there really was no boring part during this movie because it just um it kept you there because it's with all the new facts that you're learning well that's very good to hear and i'm glad that they're able to show the story very well and would you have a favorite scene? I'm going to go on a whim and assume it includes the dog Patriots, but what would be your favorite scene? Um, my favorite scene would have to be when Patriot gets his final assignment. He just, the fact that he brought so much joy to that one person, it was just so sweet because he made his owner so happy. And I just thought that it's great that an animal could go through two years of training and bring someone all that happiness it is so true how much how much happiness and how much joy that not only dogs but cats and many other animals can give humans and really just how much they can help us out in our day-to-day -day. it really is incredible i i agree and i would love to see that scene it sounds wonderful now how many stars would you give this documentary i give this documentary a five out of five stars because it has a topic that isn't so well known throughout everybody and since it's not well known you learn new things so it really keeps you at the edge of your seat wanting to learn more you know you're really right about this because everyone knows what a service dog is they're common they're everyone knows what they are but not a lot of people know how they're trained and what the process is for a dog to become a service dog i completely agree and i'm so glad that they made this documentary and what age range would you give this documentary I would recommend it for ages 8 to 17 because it isn't too, it isn't confusing, so you can definitely go watch it if you're younger, on the younger side. But if you're older, it's definitely stuff that my parents didn't know about when we went to watch it. So it's new stuff for everybody to learn, not just kids. Well, that is very good to hear. And do you feel like there's anything they could have included that they didn't or any piece of information or just a perspective that you wish they had? I wish that they had more about uh, what happened once they got to their blind or their blind owners, like more what happened after a little bit, because it was mostly just about the training and everything. So I thought they could have added a little bit more about what happened at the end. Mm -hmm. I agree. An epilogue kind of showing what happens afterwards, that probably would have been a good inclusion. Well, Dariana, thank you so much for talking to me about Pick of the Litter. Thank you. Of course. For our audience, definitely check it out. I'm going to check out this documentary. It really looks wonderful and so educational. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Orris, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions, and this show is sponsored by Flugel's Project Birthday. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. 
We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel Shh, turn off your phone another movie review is coming up hey welcome back i'm jerry Ors, and you're listening to kids first coming attractions we're going to be talking about the brand new documentary sufra and we actually have a special guest the founder and boss of kids first Randy levy is going to be talking about the documentary how are you doing Randy? i am fantastic thank you jerry how about yourself I'm doing very well. Thank you. So please tell us about this documentary. Well, I have to tell you, uh, a friend of mine in Santa Fe is one of the producers on this film, and I'm helping them get together a an audience of young people for the screening in Santa Fe on October 11th, if anybody from Santa Fe is listening. Uh, but they are having screenings around the country at select uh, venues starting this week, actually. I think the first one is uh, September 6th. So if you go to their website, sufrafilm.com, that's spelled S-O-U-F-R-A, film.com you can get the full list of screenings but it is such an inspiring film about a group of women who are refugees living in a refugee encampment in Lebanon and this refugee camp has been there for get this 49 years Hmm. I mean doesn't that knock your socks off Yes, it's so sad. And as you might imagine, for the women who live in this camp, there's really no escaping the camp. I mean, um, they're not allowed to leave the um, the camp area. It, very similar, actually, to the Jews that lived in the Jewish ghetto during the Holocaust. They're confined to that area. And for many of the women, they're not even allowed to leave their houses so it's, I mean, it's just insane. And I, I wish that Ella was here tonight to review this with us because I really enjoyed reading her review, which people can do on our website, of course. But she, you know, I always like to hear a young person's um, perspective on this. But it's it's a very inspiring story. It's nothing down about it at all. About one of the women, Miriam Shar or Sha'ar, S-H-A-A-R is her name, who gets a group of the women inside the camp together to start a business. 
and they decide it should have something to do with food because it's the one thing that they can all do in their homes. And so she starts a catering business with this group of women and they move from that into um, having a, a stand at one of the farmer's market in town and ultimately raising money through a GoFundMe campaign to buy a food truck. And it opens up their world to them in a way that these women have just never experienced before. Same, you know, with the catering business going into wealthy homes that they've never seen the inside of before. Just, I mean, it, it just is so eye-opening in, in so many ways. And, and when they get around to buying the food truck, that in itself is just beleaguered by obstacles every step of the way. I mean, they start this GoFundMe campaign with the help of other people, obviously, and they raise more money than they need. But then when Miriam, who's kind of the head of this group now, goes to buy the truck, she's told by the gentleman at the truck dealer that she can't buy it because she doesn't have the proper licenses for the food truck. So she has to apply for the license and hire an attorney. And months go by and nothing's happening. And they're told that, uh, I mean, everything's on hold because they're a group of women. And women have no rights in this country. So eventually, though, they fire that attorney. They hire a new attorney. And um, they're able to raise the money to buy the truck, which then, of course, they have to have outfitted to become the food truck. And one of the most delightful scenes in the whole film is Miriam has never driven. And somebody has to drive the food truck, right? So she's learning to drive for the first time at age 42. And that in itself is just hysterical as her she's getting behind the wheel of the truck and trying to figure out how in the world to make this thing go and how to get it to be on the road. You know, it's just such such an incredible story and so absolutely inspirational and so many challenges that they go through and overcome and it's really amazing you're listening to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids network and right now we're talking about the documentary super up with Randy levy and right now we're discussing just what the film shows and how many challenges it shows these refugees go through in order to just do good for their community so uh, Randy, can you just talk a little bit about what it was like seeing them in lebanon and seeing how different of a world it it they have to experience every day versus our own. Because like you said, they're in a refugee camp and they have much, much less than we do on a daily basis. Yeah, well, um, I, I'm a little bit of a foodie. My, my family is def are, are definitely foodies. And I've been binge watching uh, Anthony Bourdain's um, show, Parts Unknown, ever since his untimely passing earlier this year. Uh, so watching these women in their kitchen making these absolutely exquisite meals. And I know, Jerry, you can relate to this because your your mom is like that as well. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I mean, not only do they look delicious, but they're so beautiful and so beautifully constructed. And then they'll finish off by putting some flowers on them or something. Then, you know, there's this great scene where um, when they're in the farmer's market and these 
obviously upper class women come by to see it and they're like, oh my gosh, where did these come from? I've never heard of this before. And they're bringing out recipes from their grandmothers that have been lost to a generation of people. So that's in itself its own interesting side part of it. And Miriam and, and watching her go through, I mean, Miriam is quite an anomaly of her own. She excelled in school, um, but then her parents passed away and she had to take care of her younger siblings. And so she dropped out of school and never had the opportunity to go back. And But she was always an excellent student. So as she takes over guiding this group and spearheading it, you see how much talent she has. I mean, if she didn't have all these obstacles that she lives with in Lebanon, she'd be like uh, Ariana Huffington or somebody. I mean, she is unstoppable. There's times like when the car salesman tells her that he can't sell her the car until she has a license that you can see that she's ready to just break down in tears. And she just walks outside and the filmmakers with her the whole time. He has permission to um, follow her in filming this. And um, at one point she says, could we stop filming now? Mm, That's really, really powerful. You know, it's it's just so amazing that she's such a strong woman going through so much. And what I want to know is, does the documentary show what we can do here across the world, how we can help people in, in a situation like her? Because she does have an amazing story, and I'm so happy she was able to persevere. But I, I also wonder, how can we help out and make sure that others can get more opportunities and live a more comfortable, a more... Uh, a life with more of the rights and more uh, possibilities. Well, it brings forth an international issue, truly. Um, One of the very tangible things that you can do is that they have uh, produced a cookbook and the cookbook is for sale. It's for sale on their site, sueforfilm.com. So you can buy the cookbook and support these women. Um, Miriam has gone on now. The, the, the whole practice, I should say, has been extremely successful. All of these women who are part of the staff of this business um, are profiled in the film and they talk about how it has changed their life because now they have their own money and they can buy things for their children and for their families. So Miriam has gone on and she is now, um, I believe, starting a um, community center for other well women and children. And um, now I'm looking at the website to find out what exactly she is doing. Um, again, I'm going to have to refer you to the website for the, for that. But yes, you can definitely donate to this group. And okay, here it is. She started um, a preschool for the children. And so they're raising money now to pay for the recruitment and training of preschool teachers. This woman is changing this whole community for these people. It's 
I'm I'm just baffled by how much she's doing, and it's so sad that there are so many limits on her. And I'm glad that they made this documentary in order to show that and to show uh, how much she can do. And it's such an inspiring story because people around the world should take notice to her and showing that she's going to persevere to do good. And that is truly what a hero is. So I'm really glad that they showed her story and allowed other people to experience it. Rennie, thank you so much for talking to me about this documentary. Thank you for allowing me the opportunity to do it. I know I don't usually come on the show because it's your show, but um, when I saw that Ella couldn't come on tonight, I went, all right, I have to go on because I, I just pulled up the screening. So yeah, the screenings start um, this week, September 6th in Singapore, and then they're moving all around the world, actually, but they'll be in Connecticut in September, in North Carolina, Ann Arbor, Michigan, Denver, Colorado, um, Columbus, Ohio, Stanford, Connecticut. I mean, there's a whole collection of screenings going on all over, and I think telling people about this film and telling them to go see it is an important thing to do. Oh, I absolutely agree. And for our audience, definitely check out those screenings. Uh, go to S-O-U-F-R-A-F-I-L-M, sueforfilm.com, for information about the screenings, information about her and her incredible story, and also information about the cookbook, which sounds like an amazing, amazing purchase where you can have a lot of fun and also supports people like her and helps make the community she lives in a better place, and it's a win-win. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Orris, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions, and this show is sponsored by Flugel's Project Birthday. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel Shh, turn off your phone another movie review is coming up hello and welcome to the program kids first coming attractions i am your host keeper blakesley and we just got done talking to our wonderful founder Rennie levy about the film sufra also we talked about pick of the litter and to continue our theme of heroes in of of heroes we're going to be talking to Jerry Oz about the new documentary, RBG, about J- Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg and her journey in the Supreme Court. So thank you so much, Jerry, for being on the show and talking about this film. 
Of course, I'm glad to be here. So um, this film is a documentary about um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, which I've said before. And also this film is out in selected theaters and also will be on television on CNN very soon. So people can go check it out. So documentaries, I've expressed my love for this, for documentaries and the genre. But this is also a very interesting documentary, especially in our political area, not getting too political, but um, about this very strong, very amazing woman. So um, what did you enjoy most about this film? Well, what I really enjoyed most is that they showed so much of it without narration. You don't have someone like Morgan Freeman just reading a bibliography about um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. They're showing her story through speeches, through archive footage, and most powerful, they're showing her life through the interviews of people and not just a historian or someone like that. You have Ruth Bader Ginsburg talking a lot. You have people like Bill Clinton. You have other justices. You have Ruth's family. I mean, they have everybody you could possibly imagine come in front of the camera and talk about this woman, which I really like because there's nothing more powerful than a primary source. So to be able to get that and make an entire documentary about that is really putting you in the story extremely well. And I also like that, that they did put her put it as a story. You don't feel like you're getting lectured. You don't feel like it's just a boring book you have to read. You feel like you're being told a story of an incredible woman. Definitely. And this, <clears throat> what's interesting, this film, this film came out at a good time because later this year, in December, um, Felicity Jones is going to be playing a young Ruth Bader Ginsburg in this um, biographical drama called Basis of Sex, which is um, which depicts the groundbreaking case in the U.S. Supreme Court that overturned the century for like sex, dis sex discrimination. And I believe this documentary focuses on her as a um, as a young lawyer before she joined the Supreme Court. So um, uh, how did it feel? Uh, like, what was something interesting that you didn't know about it since most of the stories now is like, she's one of the first women on the Supreme Court, but also talking about her early years and her journey. Yeah, it definitely does talk a lot about her journey. And um, while it does also just kind of talk about her entire life, her as a justice, of course, and being a justice. It also, yeah, talks about beforehand and how she was a lawyer fighting for women's rights. And I loved how they said it. You know, you had all these people protesting. That's absolutely wonderful that they were doing it and they should do that. But she was the woman who was actually trying to make change in the legal system. She was the one who was putting the pushes and putting the pressure on United on the United States government to make changes, to make the rights of our country more fair to both genders and she was the person who's doing that and you know to have a woman like that alive today still doing what's right for the justice of our country is really amazing and the fact that not a lot of people realize that is very sad and i'm glad that they showed that so people do realize just how amazing of a woman how much she did for this country certainly you're listening to Kids vs. Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Flugel's Project Birthday. We're going to continue our conversation with Jerry Oris about RBG. Now, politics is an interest. It was one of the three things you don't talk about during a during um, 
uh, a dinner conversation. It's religion, money, and politics. And yet, in this documentary, it does a great job of of depicting not just the political side of it, but also, of course, the journey of this icon. So what, what kind of things, besides just it being told through interviews and archival footage, did it make it interesting enough that people can learn a different side of their, uh, that audiences can learn a new side of their political and justice systems as well? Well, something I really like that they talked about is that when you have two justices that are right right wing and left wing, you're imagining they're going to be at odds most of the time and they're not going to be very friendly with each other. But that wasn't really the case. You know, you have to remember that a justice's job is not to represent a party, it's to represent the legalities beyond parties, beyond Democrat, Republican, no matter who you voted for in 2016, it's beyond all of that. It's the foundation of our country. And that's what the justices of the Supreme Court are for. And they show that really well. I believe it's uh, Antonin Scalia and Ruth Bader Ginsburg who are polar opposites on the political spectrum. I mean, they'll pretty much disagree on everything. They're close friends because to them, it's not the politics that matter, it's their friendship. At the end of the day, it's not really politics that define us as people. It's just what we think, what's the best way to run our country. Everyone wants the best thing for this country. And that they were able to put that aside at the highest, highest points of our government and to just be friendly with each other, I think, is a really powerful message, especially today in 2018, that politics doesn't mean you have to be divided. Politics means you have to talk about what's best for our country, and they show that so wonderfully well. Definitely, and we it's interesting because we're talking about a documentary, um, a documentary about politics, and I feel like kids should know about this. And this is in this film is PG, so kids can go see kids and teens can go see this, and I highly encourage them to see it because it's just I think it's a not only is it riveting, it's a riveting story, but also I think a perfect introduction for people who don't really understand our political and justice systems to just understand from a such a strong woman's point of view on that and the struggles she went through, the obstacles she went through, and also the the success and and the success that happened through that. So uh, I understand politics is not like the best. It's not like everyone's favorite subject, but I think in what's great about film and that in that style of art is that we can be able to talk about these things in a new way and be able to stir a conversation and talk about these things. So, uh, what would, speaking of which, what would you say is the age recommendation and also the how many stars would you give this film, Jerry? You know, I agree with you that this definitely should be seen by young kids and this should definitely be taught. It is a little bit technical because it talks a lot about the legal system and a lot about the justice system in this country, which can get kind of complicated. So I would probably say 11 to 18. I think it's parents' discretions. There's nothing that's bad in this film. Of course, it's real. Of course, it's going to talk about the fact that in the past and still a little bit today, um, it's not exactly equal between the genders. And it's going to talk about the history of this country and some bad things about it. But it's still an amazing film. It's still very educational. There's still so many morals, especially just the fact that Ruth is this tiny little woman who wanted to do good in this country. So she worked extremely hard, harder than everybody else to become an amazing lawyer, to do extremely good in law school. And then she persevered in the justice system after that, becoming a justice and standing up for what's right. 
Well, I couldn't agree more with you, Jerry. Thank you so much for talking about RBG. It's always been a pleasure. Of course. Thank you so much for letting me talk about it. To check out if your if a cinema near you is showing this fantastic documentary, go to the website rbgmovie.com and see if any theaters are showing this film. Also, it will be premiering on CNN um, on that on their news network. The whole film will be on that, so please go check it out. With that said, I am your host, Keeper Blakesley. Let's take a break. This show is sponsored by Flugel's Project Birthday. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel Shh, turn off your phone another movie review is coming up hello and welcome back to the program kids first coming attractions i'm your host Kiefer blakesley this show is sponsored by flugel's project birthday we just got done talking about rbg with the wonderful jerry oars and we also talked to wonderful annie levy about Sufra, and we also talked about Pick of the Litter. So it's been a segment of history and heroes. And to continue that theme, we're going to be talking to the wonderful Abraham about the new historical drama thriller, Operation Finale. Thank you so much, Abraham, for being on the show. Uh, thank you for having me. Now, I am a sucker for films based off a true story, a film based off a person, a film based off history, because I'm a huge history buff. And this is an interesting story because... This is about, like, a top-secret, like, agent tracking down one of the last, like, Nazi officers. Yes. And we have a great cast, Oscar Isaac, Ben Kingsley, Nick Kroll. I mean, it's, it's star-studded, and, there's a, and it, it's got a great story that, once again, a story that I never even heard about. I love that when films pick stories and pieces of history that many people don't know about, and they try to bring it on the big screen so that people know about the people that were involved. So, uh, Abraham, what would you think was the most fascinating aspect of this film? Um, I think the most fascinating aspect of this film was how um, the main character, Peter, who's played by Oscar Isaac, tried to get to know... um, Ben Kingsley's character, who was Adolf Eichmann, 
better just to get his signature so they can take him back to Israel. And what was that? Well, so that's so talk more about that because that's an interesting dynamic. You have one uh, like person who his job is to try to get this um, Nazi officer safely to um, Israel to receive justice, but also there's a lot of hatred and a lot of anger between these two people. So uh, talk about the dynamic between these two actors because it's again Oscar Isaac and Ben Kingsley together. It's got to be some powerhouse acting. Yes. Um, so this movie s- starts off with Peter Oscar Isaac absolutely hating Adolf Eichmann, but by the end of it, he kind of becomes sort of acquaintances with him, and he tells him just sign it and tell them the story you told me, and that and that kind of like was really surprising to me how they became acquaintances what about um the other actors in this film because it seems like it's it's fueled by performances and also it's very there's a lot of tension building in this film so tell us a little bit about that yes because it's a bunch of jewish israeli operatives who were the main target of World War One, so it's them kind of keeping keeping their urge not to harm this person and to take them take take him back to Israel, and the tension is great because all of them are arguing what to do, and some of them want to like try to torture their way to get like the information out of him. Definitely, and also by the way, uh, just a question: It's actually World War. Two, that this was happening now. World War One. Um, After World War Two, it's in the 1950s. Definitely, but it was in World War One. It was in World War Two that yeah. this was that um, a lot of the um, Jewish citizens were targeted. Which, again, we have we have a lot of films that depict the horrors and the absolute uh, horrendous and monstrous actions of the Holocaust. Um, the film Denial which came out recently, and of course, the mother one of them all, Schindler's List, and many others. And so this film takes an interesting approach by following the aftermath and following the seeking justice for um, for the Jewish community. So yeah. what did you think about the cinematography in this film? Because as a thriller, you, I'm sure the visuals have to be, you know, very tense. Yeah. So this showed how they had to be very quick with their with their actions or else it alert a bunch of people to their location and they had to not make any like any sorry any sort of informant anything showing that they were with whoever was telling them what to do from Israel, which made the tension a lot greater because they had to do everything themselves. So, yeah. Who would you say is your favorite character in this film? My favorite character was um, the performance made by Ben Kingsley's performance as Adolf Eichmann. 
it was really, really, really well done and showed how he can kind of turn our whole movie around. And it, and it was both scary and amazing at the same time, I guess. Yeah, Ben Kingsley is, well, again, a, a legend in the acting community. He's played so many great roles, and this just seems like another, like, perfect fit for him to... It's a very complicated character to play, I'm, I would assume. Yes. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Kiefer Blakesley. This show is sponsored by Flugel's Project Birthday. I'm going to continue the show talking to the wonderful Abraham about Operation Finale. So, since this is a thriller, um, it's kind of like a spy movie thriller, um, what would you say was the, the most, without giving anything away, the, the most tensest moment in this film? The most tense moment was definitely seeing if if Ben Kingsley's character would ever give his signature up to take go back to Israel in well that would be the most tense moment without giving anything away and it doesn't seem that tense because most of the tense moments are pretty much spoilers so yeah uh, without again trying to give anything away like what what made that scene particularly tense like was it the cameras was it the lighting was it the act performances like what made that moment tense it made it tense because they needed to get his signature in under three days or else they weren't allowed to bring him back and had to return him to his family and it, he was making it really hard for them to get any sort of sign that he would give a signature so, like, this is definitely a race against time kind of film. Yes, 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 yes. Definitely. What would you say is the message of this film? The message of this film was that no matter how evil someone seems, you have to hear their side of the story or else you're no less evil. And why do you think that's the theme, type, the message of this film? I think that is the message of this film because they, he kept bringing up examples on how they would just they they wouldn't be able to hear his story and just see him as the Nazi monster, I guess, and how that wouldn't that would show them as a one-sided community instead of show then instead of listening to him. Interesting and. What would you say is the age recommendations and stars for this film? I think the star, the age recommendation would be 13 and up. 13 to 18, but adults will enjoy as well. And I give it four out of five stars. It's just the, the backup characters weren't the most memorable. I don't, I know there were, they're just supposed to be like sort of a, what's it called? supporting cast and not too much of a addition to the overall story but they were just forgettable and it made the movie a bit less interesting interesting well i can't wait to go check it out it seems very 
fascinating and definitely a film that I would can get into. So thank you so much, Abraham, for talking about Operation Finale. Yes, it's been my pleasure. <laughs> yeah. This film, yeah. this film is in theaters now, so please go check it out. Thank you so much for listening. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. It has been a fantastic show. We've talked about the four-legged heroes of our country, inspirational stories of women from the Supreme Court to refugees, and, of course, understanding the history, uh, understanding our history of justice, law, and fully appreciating the time, um, fully appreciating the history of our country and our world. So it's been a fantastic show. To check out our reviews of the latest films and DVD releases, go check out our website, kidsfirst.org. Also, our YouTube channel of the same name, Kids First. Like, subscribe, comment, and check out our wonderful reviews and red carpet events. I will be listening. Um, tune in next time to Kids First Coming Attractions. This show is sponsored by Flugel's Birthday Project. Thank you for listening. for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week.